Hi, and welcome to episode 164 of No Crying in Baseball, the the Devil's Vodka episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I will drink to that. Devil's Vodka. That sounds good. I'm curious about this one. Well, I'll tell you what that one is. So we are um, sending our best, our rest in peace to Squiggy, David Lander, Um. who passed away on Friday after years and years of living with uh, multiple sclerosis. We remember him as Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. Well, I do. Are you old enough for that? Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah, I totally grew up with Laverne and Shirley after happy days. Squiggy at one point referred to champagne as the devil's vodka. And I... (laughs) I don't even know what it means, but it makes me happy to think about that. So today, our episode is The Devil's Vodka. So why are we talking about Squiggy on a baseball podcast? Well, in addition to being Squiggy, voicing a bunch of animated shows and having parts in lots of movies and TV shows, David Lander was also, for a short time, a scout, an actual scout for both the Angels and the Mariners. He grew up as a Pirates fan, and also MLB's article on him noted that he grew up also hating the Yankees, so we love you, Squiggy. Oh, yay. I always loved Squiggy. And so as a Pirates fan, and, you know, when he had, you know, all of his riches, of course, as one has when they're an actor, (laughs) he became the part owner of the Portland Beavers, which were the Pirates AAA team for a while. So he was an owner, he was a fan, he was a scout, and you might have heard of this movie, A League of Their Own. Huh. How about that? He had an uncredited role. He was a broadcaster and also the announcer at the same time for a game. So he had two side-by-side microphones and he'd go from like calling the play on the field for the people in the stands and then like doing the radio broadcast. So he's that guy in the hat. So when you watch, you say, oh my God, the guy in the hat, that's David Lander. I know him as Squiggy. So rest in peace, David Lander. Thank you for all the laughs. On today's show, the triumphant return of baseball boyfriends. Yep, we're starting up for next season. The Players Alliance goes on the road. We've got the latest in minor league news. We are so freaking tired of being disappointed in players that we think we love. And international baseball. But first, boyfriends, I am so excited. This is the kickoff. So this is our thing. Every year in the off season, we go through all of the teams from the bottom to the top. So yes, we start with the two teams at the basement who had the worst record in the previous season, one for the National League, one for the American League. And that means this year we are starting with the Rangers and the Pirates. And what Patty and I do is we each pick one guy per team who is our guy for the year. And they have to connect with us, not just because they have good skills on the field, which would be a nice thing, but there's something special about them. And we're going to tell you all about it. So we're going to kick it off right now with the Rangers. And I am excited about, actually, I'm excited about both of my picks this week. For the Rangers, I'm going to really try to pronounce this right the first time around. I have Isaiah, fuck, I did Kiner, Falefa. Wait, let me do that again. Okay. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. And he really doesn't give a shit if I pronounce it right or not, because the our, the video that I saw where I had to learn how to say that, the announcer screwed it up and said Falefa, which was sort of, it was like a falafel kind of sounding thing. And he was kind of like, ah, eh, whatever, you know, you can say it any way you want. <laughs> Even though it seemed it seemed like he said before it was Falefa. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to try to get that right. He played third base last year. So actually, the position is a big thing. He's 25 years old. That's a lot easier to solve. Last year, <laughs> he was third base on the Rangers. But I'm going to talk about in a minute about how he actually came up as a catcher and he's moving to shortstop this coming up year. So this whole catcher to third base to shortstop move is not common, but he's going to nail it. It has to do with a couple of our favorite Rangers. Well, actually, one favorite, one not so favorite. I was going to say. <laughs> being, being moved around. So the um, the second base spot actually was... That was uh, Rugi, right? Rugna Odor was the second base. And that went to your last year's boyfriend, Selak. I'm totally spacing on names here. But also, there we go. But the shortstop move was your former Rager's boyfriend, which was Elvis Andrus. 
And he's been a staple and a hometown hero and a wonderful guy because he's your past boyfriend. So of course he's going to be great for something like 11 or 12 years. And Kiner Falefa is taking his spot this year and doing it in a very respectful way and saying, you know, he's looking forward to learning a lot from Elvis. Elvis had a rough year last year and Isaiah had a gold glove at third base last year. So he has that going for him. But shortstop is the position that he grew up with. It's the one that he's always wanted. It's what he's been shooting for. And he actually gets it this coming up year. So I'm super excited for him. So he did get the gold glove last year uh, in this weird fucked up season that it's hard to judge anything by. But, you know, we're going to go with it for 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 now. And was also third in defensive run save. So we're getting into some sexy defense here. Third in defensive run saved behind Joey Gallo, who is my Rangers boyfriend from last year, and Nolan Arenado, this guy, you know, from the Rockies. Who I've heard of him. Yeah. People seem to like him. I hear he's good in defense. Yeah. So check me out, like going with a guy with the skills off the bat. So that's that's rare for a potty mouth pick. <laughs> this bodes well. <laughs> this is an excellent start. And can I just break in real quick and tell you uh-huh. that when I watched Rangers games, I saw Kiner Falefa and I said, Potty Mouth is going to pick him. Oh, hey. I just knew. I just knew. And it might have been because the name. I don't know. But I just said, this has got Potty Mouth written all over it. Well, there's also like the the other connections that I made with him. I love the born and raised in Honolulu thing. You know, a Hawaii guy is kind of rare. You don't find them a lot. So I appreciate that. He was a fourth round pick out of Mid-Pacific High School in 2013. And he was actually the first from his high school to hit MLB. So he's a thing back there. But he was a middle fielder. But he did that smart move in 2017, moving to catcher, because he thought that it would increase his chances of being called up. And actually it was. So he was called up in 18 during the season and his parents flew in overnight from Hawaii. And we love like the parent, you know, band thing because they had heard that Rugnet Odor, who we previously mentioned, had a hamstring injury. So he actually got brought in to, to shortstop for a couple innings. It was the end of the game for his debut. But his big debut is when he debuted as catcher and he was the first MLB player, like first ever, this is like, that's a big thing, to record a game-ending caught stealing in his debut as a catcher. So to, for nice. your debut game, last out, catch a guy stealing. That's, that's so him. exciting. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. What fun. He's that dude. So he also, it's kind of weird that his first year, he was super utility, that he played catcher, second base, shortstop, and third base multiple times. And he's actually the second player in the last 100 years with multiple starts at each position in his rookie year. So during, he had a really good year Then this weird fucked up last year and won this third base spot during spring training. And I think after the golden glove and everything shifting around the way it is with the with the rangers standards you know these old guys who are ready to move on a little bit it seems good he's getting a shot at shortstop which is such a sexy position anyway and and to cap it all off so then when you know you look into him he's got the skills he's from hawaii seems like a pretty good guy he also in may recorded this video about him teaming up with this local organization in hawaii to provide lunches to nurses and that they were going to continue to do that for several weeks and it was like a, a local hospital in Hawaii, but it was he. He did a video, sort of, to put it out there that he's appreciating the frontline workers and this struggle that we have against COVID. So, I'm going with Kiner Falafa, Falafa, Falafa. Fuck, Falefa. I've got to. He's my boyfriend. I got to learn how to pronounce his name. This is terrible. It would be best. It would be yes. best. Isaiah Kiner Falafa, who, by the way, was named after Isaiah Thomas. Well, that worked. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My guy for the Rangers, um, Leody Taveras is 22. He's playing center field and he is from the Dominican Republic. He was the Rangers rookie of the year in this crazy 2020 season, beating out my Rangers boyfriend of this year, Nick Solak. So handing off, handing off. It is likely 
that he will start next year in center field and as leadoff hitter. That's that's the guess right now. We'll see what actually happens. There's been kind of a a, a, lo- a lot of pieces moving around, as you indicated with the infield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also happening in the outfield for the Rangers. They really have a lot of moving parts to trying to figure out what works. He came up with that international class in 2015 that included Juan Soto and Acuna Jr., Oh wow! So it's interesting. Boomer a year. A lot of a lot of the things that I read about Leody were about oh he did this at such a young age, and yet we've been talking about Acuna Jr. and Soto mm-hmm. as starting as starters for multiple years now. So even though he still is super young, we're we're getting a little bit jaded about that. I think, um, <laughs> right? So he was signed in 2015 out of the Dominican Republic at age 16 for a $2.1 million bonus, which was the largest bonus the Rangers gave anybody ever since there was a cap put on how big a bonus you could give. My thing about there wasn't a lot about his personal life. You know, these young guys, you Mm -hmm. don't always get a backstory. So there wasn't. But what, what I learned about him that attracted me was what a hard worker he is, and the fact that he's not afraid to ask questions, and he learns from his mistakes. He's made some doozies, but he has learned from them and improved, and that's actually getting him noticed by coaches. You know, they say he can be taught, he can learn, he can, he knows how to improve, and he'll work to do it. He'll put in the nice. work. To do it. This started at the very beginning. He he was on his way to a tryout. In the Dominican Republic, you know, one of those, you know, showcases that gets put on with a bunch mm-hmm. of other guys uh, that the, the Rangers were putting on and he showed up late. Right. Ooh. And that's something that gets you noticed. Right. Yeah. And he owned it. Apologized. No excuses. It won't happen again. He just, and he moved on, went right into the field, started working and apparently blew everybody else away. The coaches found out later that the car that a bunch of these players came together in, his equipment bag was on the roof. And at some point, oh my God. Off, and they had to turn uh-huh. the car around and go find the equipment. And the people running this tryout would have been, they would have gotten that, but he didn't want to make any excuses. He didn't want to be seen as making excuses. So he's like, nope, on me. I, I'm sorry. Let's just move oh, on. Wow. Right. That's so big. That was a big one. But, you know, he ended up with a $2.1 million signing bonus Not for bad. that. Right. So the second one was when he was in high A, he was in a little bit of a slump. And he did not run out a grounder because it's clearly going to be an out anyway. He didn't run an out. And so he, the coach pulled him right away from that game. This is like the second inning. It was early in the game and also kept him out for the next game. And Ooh. he said, this, this, I learned from this. It was a good lesson. This is not going to happen again. And it hasn't. He's been, you know, the hustling guy ever since. We actually saw him. He played in the 2018 Futures game. Ooh, fine. I know. I know. Right. So he, is super young and the way the Rangers work, they're really aggressive with their with their prospects. They put them into leagues with people that are older than them, kind of as a trial by fire. So mm-hmm. he started like in rookie leagues, low A and all of that. And he was three and a half years younger than the league average in both low low A and high A. When he's so like he was like the baby playing against these guys wow. who have been playing for a while and had more experience and all of that. He had only played one half of a season above single A before he got called up this July to replace Danny Santana, who was in third in center field, right? Ended up starting 32 of the last 33 games. Therefore, and thereby winning rookie of the year. He is known for his defense and his speed, right? We, I like, I like them fast. I like sexy defense. You know this thing about me. Uh, he, mm-hmm. With his defense, he tied for fifth among all center fielders, all center fielders for runs saved, even though he only played half a season. So imagine if you played the whole season. I mean, it was short right. anyway, but he played half as many games as these other center fielders that he's being compared to. He also stole eight bases, which led the Rangers in stolen bases, including stealing home as part of a double steal with who? With Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Wow. Right? right? And you said his name right faster than I did. I have been practicing. He also, in addition to stealing home, he also stole two home runs, including one that Justin Turner hit. Like, you know, just reaching back way over the wall and pulling it back down. So that's a lot of fun. And his moves, you'll appreciate this, are not limited to baseball moves. He's also a dancer. He's also a dancer. I'm going to send you a link so you can see him on the field doing doing a little little stuff. He's He's got some stuff going on. So... 
Yay. I would love to check that out. That's so going to be my Rangers guy, Leody Tavares. All right, we're going to head over to the bottom of the barrel of the National League <laughs> to the Pirates. We mean that with love. We mean that with love. <laughs> Sorry, Pirates fans. It, it's not really that deep of a barrel because it was a short, fucked up season. So for, for what that's worth. But I had to go with Cole Tucker, even though I am super embarrassed. I think if anybody listens really carefully, there was a previous episode somewhere where I referred to him as a pitcher because I know I sp- spoke about him for a couple of things. One, his amazing hair, which I'm going to talk about way too much because that's definitely one of the top reasons why I picked him. But also the, the reason why I gushed over him recently is because he put his pronouns on his bio because somebody pointed out to him that it was something good to do to be inclusive so that trans people don't feel as spotlighted when they put pronouns on their bios. Everybody should have pronouns out there. And he was like, yeah, that makes sense. And he did it. So Cole Tucker's my dude, and he's a shortstop, not a pitcher. So huge, huge apologies <laughs> there. He actually literally said in this fabulous article for, in The Athletic, I don't even remember what it was from. I think it was from last year. But he said, I don't mind being known as the hair guy. And his hair actually has a big history with him. He's biracial, and he grew up grew up feeling shame about his hair and wanting to have straight hair like other kids that he was surrounded with apparently at the time. And then he had a hair moment, a hair realization moment when he was watching High School Musical. Keep this in mind because this will come back in 2006. And I have not seen High School Musical. And I thought this was amusing that there's there's a character's name, Cordon Blue. Have you seen High School Musical? Okay, there's not a character named Cordon Blue. There's an actor. An actor. Wait, wait. Whose name is Corbin. Corbin Blue. Oh! But you're so close. I know you haven't seen this movie. (laughs) I have seen it many times. Many times. And it's Corbin Blue, and he's the actor. And he he was a a cutie pie, so that's okay. Wow. So it has And and good hair. So yeah, I can see that. So he connected to that hair, and he thought at that point... I am not going to cut my hair. I am going to have hair like that. That is cool hair. So fast forward, he's now dating this incredible actress who I have not heard of because read above, I don't know anything about High School Musical, but apparently Vanessa Hughes is a star Uh, of- Beep. Nope. Nope. Vanessa Hudgens. Her name is Vanessa Hudgens. How did I type this? (laughs) I don't know. I- you need an intern. You need oh an intern God. who can watch Disney movies. All <laughs> right. right. I can be your intern. It's Vanessa Hudgens. I, I totally appreciate this. And you also right. apparently don't watch Netflix Christmas movies, which I'm not surprised mm-hmm. about, but that's her her current claim to fame is she's made a few recent Netflix Christmas romance movies. Oh, all right. Well, I, I'm going to have to obviously look into Vanessa Hudgens because- There you go. Yeah. Because I think she's my new girlfriend because she seems mighty cool. She uh, She's 31. He's, did I already say this? He's 24, 25, something around there. 24. And so there's, you know, just a little bit of a difference there. But that's just super adorable that like way back when he had this high school musical connection and then they start dating. I'm not quite sure how they got together. But the other weird thing was he had tweeted and, oh shit, I did put it down, 2012. He, t- he tweeted in search of a girl who's down to watch High School Musical with me and scratch my back. And he actually t- tweeted that at two in the morning on January 2nd, 2012. So it was a little bit of a premonition of what would happen someday. But I'm really cool with these sort of like boyfriend has a girlfriend who might be cooler than him uh, combinations. Because last year I went with uh, Dansby Swanson and Mallory Pugh for Dansby from the, the Atlanta team. And Mallory's just amazing. So I will be looking forward to looking more into Vanessa's career. Um, the other interesting thing about Cole Tucker, I think I have like a theme going this weekend of guys playing positions that they don't want to be in to sort of get <laughs> their foot in the door. And apparently they had the outfield experiment when he first got brought up. Uh, Gregory Polanco, who is your Pirates guy from last year, right? And is currently playing on my Dominican team and is super fun to watch. He was out in the 2020 season with COVID. Oh no, so this wasn't when he got brought up. This is just last year, more playtime. So he got stuck into the outfield and he 
did really well. And he like debuted with some crazy catch at Progressive Field in Cleveland. That's Cleveland, right? Yep. You've been there. And, we know you've been here. Okay. <laughs> There, yeah, yeah. At least, at least I have some sort of weird memory connection. But his his interviews around that time are really cute because he talks a lot about how much space there is out there. You know, if you're used to shortstop, you've got like this limited sort of territory. And he talked about getting used to the space in center field. And they also stuck him in right field, which I guess was also a weird space to get used to. But he did really well. I think he'll be moving safely back to shortstop this year. So I guess I have a couple of shortstops. I've got to start looking at some other positions quickly in the coming it's weeks. It's early. You're okay. It's early. Yeah. It's, it, and, and it's good to have a couple of each position. Uh, he was a first round draft pick out of high school. And I saw his signing pick and I thought, oh, that's really adorable. It's before he grew his hair out. But it wasn't adorable. It was the pirates making him cut his hair. The pirates did? Like, yeah. Really? The freaking Yankees? Come on. Isn't that fucked up? So I think they went through, I don't know if they have it now, but they went through a phase when they were having this hair thing. So yeah. he signed, right? And then he gets put down to the minors. And he was playing for the Altoona Curve. And he sort of felt like, well, nobody's telling me to cut my hair. I'm just going to see how far this goes. And he's like one of these personality dudes and everybody just kind of adored them. And his hair grew and it got to the point where actually after he left, they had a Cole Tucker hair hat day where they had like, well, they were going to, it was going to be this past season where they were going to sell baseball caps with like the locks coming down, <laughs> but, but it was COVID happened and they didn't get to sell them. So there's some storage thing out there somewhere with a whole shitload of Cole Tucker hair hat day hats. So you're just, maybe, you are just waiting. I, I got to figure out how to get one. Yeah. And, and, you know, meanwhile, he has his own hat issues because he has this incredible amount of gorgeous curly hair. And so <laughs> he has the problem keeping a hat on and he's a switch hitter. So he has to deal with two special fit helmets to deal with his hair that are going to just fly off anyway, because that's how it happens. So yeah, I, I screwed up before. He did come up in 19 and he homered in his first game. And this is another one of those parents in the stand sweet story. He flashed the I love you sign at his parents going around. And it turns out that like that's a thing for his family, which I thought was super sweet. That's just something that they always have done for each other is flash that sign. I'm a little concerned about him because he had a concussion last September. So I'm hoping that injuries. That yeah, those things suck. So I'm hoping that he's okay. But I think the the absolute coolest thing that I saw about him is that he's friends with Cody Bellinger. That part's not as cool. But there was this <laughs> little. Definitely, I'm going to link this. It was a newly bros game where it was like them with the newlywed game and they were asked questions about each other that they wrote on little whiteboards. And it is the funniest fucking thing. You've got to see nice. it. Super cute. So that was, you know, a nice touch. It showed his humor. It showed his relationship with Cody Bellinger. And I guess they played together forever since high school. Uh, his brother, Carson, signed the year after he did 23rd overall with Cleveland. And there's a little bit of a rivalry there because Cole signed 24th overall. Oh, Talk right. about like just getting it in. Yeah. The, so the, the last quote I'm going to leave with is one of the articles that I was reading about his hair. I definitely got into the hair articles is he said, being 23 with long hair is cool. I don't know if being 43 with long hair is cool. So like meaning like he wasn't sure how long he was going to hang on to this. And I'm here to say, honey, Cole, if you have the hair at 43, it is cool to have the long hair. Yeah. So. I was just going to say he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Once again, here's the difference between us. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, moving on. Moving on. I think it's an excellent choice. Excellent choice. So you picked two Love shortstops. That. I picked two center fielders, as it turns oh, out. Funny. So I totally missed that Anthony Alford was DFA'd by the Blue Jays in August and picked up by the Ooh. Pirates. So I was very surprised to see him on the roster for the Pirates. And I grabbed him right away. And not because of anything he did on the field. And here's why. So the Blue Jays, you may have heard, are pretty full in the outfield. There's not a lot of room for another mm -hmm. outfielder for the Blue Jays. And so he didn't play enough 
And so his numbers weren't that great because he wasn't playing consistently. So the Blue Jays DFA'd him in August. They didn't have any place for him in the outfield. The Pirates picked him up because the Pirates have the opposite problem. They are not flush in the outfield. They need somebody who can be out there consistently. So this could work out very well. You're nodding. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say read above C. Cole Tucker in the outfield where he didn't want to be. Right. So let's put the outfielders in the outfield. And yeah. so he, so um, Alfred's hope is that he will have consistent playing time. Anyway, so he's 26, center fielder, um, born in Columbia, Mississippi. He still lives in mm. Mississippi with his wife and their baby. So one of the ways that Pittsburgh was an easy landing for him is the general manager of the Pirates, Ben Sherrington, was the vice president of baseball operations for the Blue Jays. And he scouted Anthony Alford when he played high school football. Whoa. He played football. He was a two-sport guy all the way through college. But um, Sherrington said that everyone that he talked to when he was scouting Alford talked about his character before his playing, even though he was an exceptional football player at the time. Hmm. So he's, he has said that football was always his first love. His mom was his first baseball coach when he was like five, six years old. His mom was the one who got him to love baseball. And he kept saying, I'm not going to play baseball. I'm going to play football. I'm all about football. I'm good at football. And she told him, you're not, if you're not playing baseball, you're not playing football. She wouldn't let him stop baseball. Yay. So he ended up playing both football and baseball in college, giving him no offseason whatsoever. And in fact, when the Blue Jays were in the process of trying to draft him in 2012, he negotiated because he wanted to keep playing college football. And they came to an agreement that allowed him to do that for a while. And what he said afterwards was that helped because I didn't feel like I needed to choose between them at, at some point, like in 2014, he realized, okay, I am much better at baseball. Baseball is where there's a future for me. There's not a future for me Mm. in football, but he kind of played it out until he could see that he wasn't one of those guys that had to choose and then wonder if he made the right decision. It kind of came to that naturally. So he, was uh, his debut was in 2017 after all of this like two sports stuff and then coming up the way one comes up uh so since coming to the pirates he had a couple of weeks of consistent play and then he broke his right arm colliding with a center field wall oh, and it shit. ended his season but it's a broken arm it's a, a broken arms can be fixed and he is yeah. recovering right now and he's going to be starting baseball activities as they call them actually pretty soon. So he's very confident that he'll be back in time for spring training. So his baby, Stella, was born this past April and had to spend eight weeks in the NICU. And he said that because of COVID, he and his wife couldn't go visit her at the same time. So until that eight weeks was up and Stella came home, they couldn't be together as a full family, right? When they did, they had time together, right? Because of how late the mm-hmm. season started this year. And then because his season ended early, he again was home and was able to spend time with his daughter. So he said, okay, here's my thing. My wife has been superhuman, taking care of you know this, this baby all the time. So I'm going to do these daddy-daughter days and give her a break and she can go out. He said, it killed me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this athlete, it's like, I am so exhausted. I have so much <laughs> respect for my wife that she can do this. And it's, I mean, I love it. He loves it. He's such a good, very, very enthusiastic dad, Aww, right? He talks so about sweet. how much he wants to teach his daughter and he wants to build a better world for her and all this stuff. He's really, he's all in there, but um, yeah, his stamina lies in other places than in actually. The, the, the <laughs> so here's my thing about Alfred is just like those scouts said, it's more about character than it is about athletics. So even though he left the Blue Jays, was DFA'd by the Blue Jays, they still awarded him the um, the John Cerruti Award for the player that exhibited the most goodwill, cooperation, and character on the team. And that was just this past week. Oh, wow. He, we talked about him once before when we spent a lot of time on uh, Black Lives Matter, racial justice actions within Major League Baseball, because at the time, he when he's with the Jays, he was the only African-American in the Jays clubhouse. And mm-hmm. he didn't want to speak for the team, but he shared his perspective growing up Southern, growing up in a poor community. And, you know, they had conversations that kind of came up organically in the clubhouse. We talked about um, um, Kevin Biggio um, talking with him about that and trying to like decide how to 
how to make decisions about, do you sit this game out? Do you like, what, what do you do? Oh, right. And his whole Alfred's piece was, you don't have to sit out to make a point. You can, if you sit, if you sit out the game, you're bringing awareness. If you play the game, the media is going to talk to you and you have that platform. So there's like different ways to use either thing that you do. And then he tends to then shift these conversations onto his activity with the Players Alliance, because that's a bigger, positive and more multifaceted thing. We're going to talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. Um, a couple more things that he does. Uh, Curtis Granderson started this thing called the Mississippi Dream Weekend, which takes place around MLK Day, where they have free baseball clinics in underserved communities for hundreds of kids throughout Mississippi on that weekend. So it's, again, it's using baseball to teach baseball and other things, but also bringing baseball to kids who don't have baseball. I did a quick uh, spin through his social media because we've learned that that's really important to do so you don't get surprised. And I found posts shouting out Stacey Abrams and cheering for Kamala Harris and promoting drive-through voter registration in Mississippi. And I am really excited about the good that um, that my new boyfriend, that my new boyfriend, Anthony Alfred of the Pirates, is doing in the world. So I hope he gets to play. I hope he plays well, but I want him to make sure that he's got a way to keep doing all those other things that he's doing because they're pretty spectacular. Next week, we move up one in the standings to the Tigers and the Diamondbacks. I need to do some research. And I have more work to do than I thought I did, because I thought Uh, I had my Tampa Bay Rays boyfriend locked up. Damn it. This sucks. I hate when this happens. And this was Randy Rosarena. We spent all that time teaching me how to say his name right. And now I just want (laughs) to swear when I say his name. I know. And this sucks. And this comes down to like, what the fuck do we do at this point? And, and I I guess, where do we leave it? So I have, I have an Arena t-shirt that Mr. Pottymouth gave me for my birthday. And this is like the sort of symbolic, what do I do with the t-shirt? I've been through this with other t-shirts before. There are the ones that just go to the bottom of the drawer in hopes that things get better. And that's where this is right now. There are the ones that go to Value Village, which is sort of like, it's it's not okay for me, but maybe somebody else is going to like this person at this point. But then I almost think there must there's another category where the shirt should be burned if it's that nobody should be representing this person. And I'm not quite sure where we are with Rosarena. He's sort of like, you know, went all the way to the top and then came crashing down. What I didn't realize is there's actually a biopic in the making of him. Yep. So for, for those who, who missed the big show of Arasarena at the World Series when he's playing for Tampa, he broke all sorts of fucking records. He had the most home runs, most hits, most bases in the postseason and just, you know, kind of came out of nowhere as a, a fairly inexperienced player. And dance moves. And the killer dance moves. Yeah. And I just love that in a guy and the spirit. Like I saw him, I watched his Instagram live for like an hour of him singing in the car with his friend. And and he has this amazing story of leaving Cuba and going to Mexico. And so they're making a biopic. And actually that deal sounds like it's signed. There's also, there were talks for an animated short and I thought, well, I know a little animator who might be able to help, but I, I don't know. Short. If- They're short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know a short animator, but uh, I don't know if the animation is going to happen. He got married in the in the offseason right after the World Series over on November 7th, got married in Merida, Mexico, which is sort of like his second home. He played for both of the Mexican series, LMB and LMP. So the Liga Mexicana de Baseball and the Liga Mexicana Pacifico, which is during the the winter. So he has a lot of ties to Mexico, apparently has a residency there. Everything's going well. And then Thanksgiving weekend, he gets arrested for attempt. And and we we would have normally talked about this last week, but we were having such a happy time last week that we skipped it over. And I was thinking by the time we got to it this week, I would have more news. But anyway, getting there. So he got arrested Thanksgiving weekend, uh, kidnapping, apparently, his two-year-old daughter from a previous marriage from the mother's house. And he, I guess he went there 
under the auspices of bringing presents and then left holding the kid. And there's all sorts of video floating around. You can see it on Facebook. You can see it on, I think it's called Yucatan Ahora. It was like the first uh, newspaper, Mexican newspaper that broke the story of him carrying the kid out. And the ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, mother of the child basically yelled out to the neighborhood, like, don't let him out of here. And the neighbors sort of corralled him in, like people came from all over and he literally couldn't leave until the cops got there and arrested him. So he did not get away with the kid. The local newspaper reported that he punched his father-in-law so that there was a physical altercation and sort of implied something against his ex-wife. He was held for two days in jail in Mexico. And apparently the deal there is you do not need to have formal charges in order to hold somebody for two days. It's sort of like this two-day period while they do the investigation as to whether they're going to file charges. And this is where we are now. He was released and no charges were pressed. And what was said, now the official line is that he was detained for problems relating to his ex-partner. And the ex-partner is saying damages have been settled. The raise, and, and we know that, that MLB has a separate domestic violence investigation procedure. So apparently that's going on. So it's, it's unclear still at this time whether there's going to be any repercussions within MLB. Apparently, legally, charges have been dropped. Who knows what the settlement was? But what that leaves us with is this other we're never going to fucking know situation. He's been accused of attempting to abduct his child. He's been accused of punching his father-in-law. All charges were dropped, and there's no way we're going to know what comes there. So the big question is what happens to the t-shirt? Like what conclusion do we draw as trying to be supportive of the morally right thing? Action? So your t-shirt sits at the bottom of the drawer next to my Omar Vizquel t-shirt for now, <laughs> because yeah, I love does. me some Omar and right. there were, you know, accusations of domestic abuse brought against Omar, who's probably going to get into the Hall of Fame this year. This is going to be the year he does it. You and think? I think so. And it's going to be, wow, wow. But we also, we have one side of the story and we right. believe women. So there's no reason to doubt that story, but it's all we have. Right. And crap. And yeah. absolutely crap. So our t-shirts will keep each other company until we can suss something out about all of this. Yeah, I was thinking about it and I was sort of like, you know, when you when you don't know which side is right, which way is the worst way to err? You know what I mean? And and I was thinking we need to like you're saying, you need to believe the women because that would be the worst way way to err would be to sort of say, ah, this isn't such a big deal and let it, you know, they drop yeah, the charges. I like this blah, guy blah, based blah. on nothing. So he's probably in the right. I mean, you can't right. do that. You can't do that. We don't know what happened inside his baby mama's house. We don't know what happened yeah. in the marriage over here. Right. We don't know. We don't know. So we have to be safe for now. Oh my God. Hey, Crap. I'm going to tell you good stuff. Can I tell you about good in the world? There's good. Yay. There's good in the world. Hey, I'm going to say Curtis Granderson again. Isn't that weird? We've got a retired baseball player that I'm going to cite twice in He's the same so show. so impressive. Yeah. He's so impressive. And he is the president of the Players Alliance. We've talked about the Players Alliance before. It continues to grow. It's now comprised of 150 current and former MLB players. The Players Alliance is partnering with this organization it's a um it's a black owned community response organization called pull up neighbor so they have this tour they're going on with this great big black 18 wheeler full of supplies going from town to town they're going to approximately 36 cities no yeah three dozen cities so the washington post article about this had a very concise way of describing the players' lines as the group aims to change the way baseball looks, the way it thinks, the way it hires, the way it's developed. Right? Nice. So it's not just, hey, we're going to sit out a game and we're going to give some money away. It's way more than that. So we mentioned uh, for Jackie Robinson Day, the members of this alliance donated their salaries for two days. Wow. MLB and the Players Association, the Players Union, also gave $10 million to 
the Players Alliance for the work that they're doing. So in this partnership with Pull Up Neighbor, they're going to underserved communities in three dozen cities around the country. Most of the cities have major league uh, teams. I don't know if all of them do, but many of them do. And they're doing three things. One is outreach about baseball. We talked about this a little while ago, bringing baseball to communities that don't have the equipment, that don't have the place, that don't have the expertise to try to grow baseball from the ground up. So they're giving away baseball equipment. They are partnering with local food pantries and food banks to give away both fresh produce and shelf-stable food at each of these locations. And they are also distributing COVID-related things like PPE and sanitizer and wipes and all of those things. So at every stop, they're there for a couple of hours and anybody comes up can have access to these things. Um, the Little League website actually had a link saying you can request for your team to you know be on the list to get equipment from this. So you can actually sort of like make a reservation ahead of time to do this. So this is helping so cool. anybody who lives in, in these communities and also focusing on bringing a little bit of baseball there. So I am very excited about that good continuing. It started this past week and it will go through the month of January. So they're not sitting on the sidelines and limiting things to making a statement on the field. This is actually what Alfred was saying. You, know, you need to go out there. You need to show up. You need to do things. You need to keep it going. And it can't just be about that player speaking up in the clubhouse. It's got to be it's bigger. It's cool to see the the players who are the players and the owners and staff who are who are involved in the Players Alliance. Like definitely check out that list, folks, because there's so many good players involved and owners and other managers too. Yeah, and this pull up neighbor organization is also looking for volunteers. Um, so if if this kind of distribution to people in need is something that you're interested in, you might want to check that out as well. We're going to link to that website. Minor leagues. Minor leagues have been wow. Ouch. Yeah, we say ouch a lot with the minor leagues because as you know, they're restructuring in so many ways and jettisoning jettisoning teams and leaving communities without baseball teams anymore. So two more leagues appeared. One is the MLB Draft League. This is made up of five of the teams that were formerly the New York Penn League, which was a Class A short season which means it's a short season, but they're paid jobs. They're poorly paid jobs, but they are paid jobs. So five teams from Ohio and West Virginia and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, they're going to add one more team. It was a team to be named later. It's going to be late May to early August. So it's going to be like a short season, you know, length of time. And MLB calls it another opportunity to show off skills before the draft. The draft is now later. Um, than it used to be, right? It used to be in June. Now it's going to be around the all-star break. So it's into July. So they're saying, okay, so you, you get to play for two more months to really show off for you know these 30 teams to see who wants to draft you. Are they going to pay you to do this? They're not. There was also no information about whether MLB is going to help support this league in any way, or if it's going to be up to those communities to make something happen there. This cuts so many people out of the the basket, you know, out of the group that you're choosing from, because who the fuck can afford to play for no money? You know, read Players Alliance above that's reaching out to communities. Those people cannot afford to pay for no money. Look at the people from international places. They can't afford it. The, the right. fuck? So the other league is the Pioneer League. This is um, the like Montana, Idaho, Colorado teams formally um so this is the, the rookie advanced circle of teams out in the, the, the mountain region they're going to be the pioneer league is going to be a partner league which means they're going to be independent teams right we've always had independent baseball leagues and sometimes there's crossover between players to play for those that end up playing for mlb not there's not like a regular path that goes from one to the other so these teams i think there's eight of them get to keep their branding, right? They get to keep their team names and their logos and all of that. They're going to play 92 games between May and September. And in this case, MLB is paying for some of the initial operating expenses and developing a procedure for players to move from this independent league to the MLB. Like, you know, make sure they get seen. Was there a path for them to go from one to the other? But initial operating expenses, do we get them started and then cut them off? And, and and they're wording it. MLB is wording this. And on the official minor league, official organizational website, which is now part of MLB, they're saying this is part of our effort to keep 
baseball in communities. So, you know, local communities can still see, you know, professional level baseball, but God, God, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. So I don't know if those players are going to get paid. I don't know who's going to pay them. I don't know how it's going to work. I just don't get this at all. I don't, yeah. Who the fuck is behind destroying the minor leagues? I just the don't understand leagues. this. Yeah. It's the major leagues because they want to have control over all of this. And so this this is their way of doing that. And remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about the Appalachian League, which contained right. our, our friends, the Pulaski Yankees, becoming a wooden bat collegiate league. So, you know, those there's no branding that stays there because they're not affiliated with those major league teams anymore. So they're starting all over again in all those communities. I have one fun thing about minor leagues to tell Thank you. Thank you so much. Cause this is just such a bummer. I'm so I'm stressed about this. I like know, opportunities are disappearing. Ugh. So there's the Charlotte Knights, uh, which is the White Sox AAA affiliate in Charlotte, North Carolina has decided that all you folks working from home that are tired of working on your kitchen counter or in your guest room or, you know, on your sofa, wherever you can find a place to work at home, you should be able to work from home plate instead. I love it. Oh my so, God. Truest Field, the AAA field has converted their 20 seat suites into offices and the offices have a view of the, the field and the Charlotte skyline. You can rent them by day or week. So you could say, okay, I can't stand this anymore. I got to go. And the offices come with Wi-Fi, TV, free coffee. There are concessions available. And their mascot, Homer the Dragon, apparently hangs out and goes to stay high. So if you need a little work break, you can chat with the Dragon mascot. But the the Charlotte Knights have said, you know, we haven't had baseball here, right? We we've had we haven't had any games. There's been no game day income. It's so been we've a while. had, you know, movies on the field and we had a pumpkin patch in the outfield and we're gonna have like this Christmas lights, this holiday lights thing. We're doing whatever we can to keep people employed and keep the lights on. So this is one of their ways of creating income, creating jobs or keeping jobs for stadium staff who didn't work any baseball games this year. So if you are in the Charlotte area and you're tired of working in, you know, in your kitchen, you can work from home plate. I'm thinking that seems like a good vacation idea. Like go work somewhere else, find a B&B to, to, to not a B&B, like Airbnb. That's it. Some place to rent that's safe and do work at a baseball stadium. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So they say, you know, that, um, you know, they do all the, the cleaning and sanitizing every day. You can have up to four people. In the suite, you know, you need to follow huh. guidelines. If you're the only one in there, you don't need to wear a mask. So, you know. This is a cool idea. That's not right? that far. All right, right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Well, if you want to see some baseball, folks, there is baseball happening now. And there are people that you know playing baseball. So I'm here to say go international baseball, check it out. There's a lot of stuff going on. We're going to link to my winter baseball document, which is kind of shabby around the edges, but it'll give you some good connections. And the big one that I'm following now is Lidam, which is the Dominican league. And just so you know, well, <laughs> all right, just so you know, which team to stay away from, <laughs> stay, stay away wow. from the Toros del Este. They are the champs from last year. But they just uh, brought in Yasiel Puig, who we talked about a short while ago for some vi domestic violence charges. And speaking of domestic violence charges, they also have Domingo Germán pitching. So this is not the team that we recommend. They also have, you know, adorable Gary Sanchez from the Yankees, but Gary Sanchez from the Yankees, who apparently is needing a little bit of offensive practice and getting it. He's been doing well. So... If you're a Yankee fan, maybe you want to look at the Toros, but I don't know. I would say stay with my Leones del Escogido because soon, the promised me, soon Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is coming. And I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat. Until then, I did see your your Pirates guy, Gregory Polanco, hit a walk-off home run, and that was pretty impressive. And actually even more impressive was yesterday, A-Rod's nephew – um, Joe Dunand hit a walk-off grand slam. Wow. Oh, yeah. fun. And A-Rod even posted about it on his Instagram story. So that was pretty cute. Like my nephew, look at him. So that's, <laughs> that's, great. that's what's happening in the Dominican Republic. It's only 20 bucks for the whole season. Folks, check our notes and we'll tell you how to do it. 
Another league is starting up this Tuesday, and that's the Liga de Baseball Profesional Roberto Clemente, which is the Puerto Rican league, who has been struggling. This is definitely late for them to get going. And it turns out that they're only going to be playing with four teams instead of six. And one of the teams that is not playing is the one that I had claimed for my own last year, which was the Gigantes de Carolina. So I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should just sort of not have a pick this year, but the four teams that are playing are the Indios de Mayagüez, Crios de Caguas, Aten uh, Atenienses de Manatí, and the RA12, 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 I guess is what it would be, which is the Reto Alamar team, which is hysterical because it's their first year, but they're one of the four teams that gets played. And reading about this team is fascinating. What he's trying to do is give rookies more playing time. So these are like MLB drafted rookies. And that's pretty much what makes up the team as opposed to sort of the guys who come back. So like George Springer could be playing with the Indios de Mayagüez because that's his team and he's a reinforcement and he could be playing. Uh, Francisco Lindor could be playing with Crios de Cagua. That's not going to be happening with the RA12, but it's going to be the up and coming stars. So I think it'll be interesting to watch that team and and yay for Roberto Elmar for doing some good things in Puerto Rico. So and, and we decided that that was going to be my team. So I actually have a team that's playing. There you so you because have Roberto Elmar, right? Right. You've got a team. So it'll be fascinating. It'll be wild if the rookies can hold their own against the three old guy teams. <laughs> Oh, the old guy teams. The, old guy, the teams. old guy teams. Wow. So for the upcoming week, we have to do our research for boyfriends for next week, right? So the Tigers, mm, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And I'm going to assign Potty Mouth a few <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, Hudgens movies <laughs> to watch. I'm going to give you a variety between High School Musical and maybe a holiday movie All from right. Netflix. For All you. right. So we'll you see how that goes. You do want to keep her as your, your baseball boyfriend, girlfriend. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You've got a lot so to do this week. Um, for for those of you, dear listeners, who may have less to do, <laughs> if you have not pitched in to, to watch your, your uh, Latin American baseball leagues right now, please feel free to listen to some past episodes. Tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. If you have a chance to leave us a review or a rating, we sure do appreciate that. Please find us on social media. Potty Mouth, where can they do that? Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram are both no crying in b-ball. That's so excellent. Hey, everybody, um, it's getting scary out there again. So please keep your masks on. When Even when you're inside with your people that you don't live with, please keep your distance. Other folks, keep your hands washed. Stay home for the holidays. Fight the man. And say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Yeah, I actually had a weird nightmare last night that had to do with forgetting to hit record on a VCR.